known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and they that will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came unto him. Listen to what he did. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ. How did he do it? With all confidence. Everybody say all confidence. All confidence. It's, it's all of the confidence that he could have and that he had. He used it to preach and to teach those, everybody that came to him. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning. I don't plan on keeping you a long time, but I want to talk to you about this subject. Beyond, I believe. Beyond, I believe. If you will say one more time, God, thank you for the word, then you may be seated. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you for standing. Hebrews 11 and 1 contains a very familiar scripture reading. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. An incredible definition of what faith is. Webster's Dictionary uh, defines faith as belief and trust and loyalty to God, a firm belief in something for which there is no proof. That is how Webster's defines faith and we all understand this morning as the children of God we must develop faith faith uh, is one of those things that will uh, that will cause and, and bring about great things in your life faith is is the very uh, essence of our relationship with God without faith you uh, would struggle or could not even believe in God so we understand that it is a foundation stone of our relationship with God. It is a foundation stone of our belief in God and that everything or just about everything that we receive from God will come through a, in one way or another the conduit of faith. It's going to be real hard to receive something from God if you don't have faith to believe in God. And we all know that you can't see God so in order for you to believe in God you have to have faith and the Bible says that all of us are giving a measure of faith. We're given that measure. God has imparted to everybody here today some level or some amount of faith that God has given you. And it is up to us as the child of God to begin to develop that faith, to allow that faith to grow, uh, to allow it to progress until uh, it becomes and, is, and it always is one of the most, uh, most valuable uh, possessions that we could have. Uh, we all know people, and we've all experienced people, and we've all met people, uh, at least more than likely, that are people we consider that have strong faith. There are people in this church this morning, uh, I can see your face even now, that, that I will tell anybody that asks, that is a person of faith. They're strong faith. They believe in God, as Hebrews says, even when the, the evidence uh, of the things that are not seen, when that's all they have, when all that they have is, is just their belief, they'll, they'll believe in God anyway, and you can look and say it doesn't look like 
that what, uh, that what you need from God is there. There's no evidence or there's no, uh, there's no manifestation of what you need, but they believe God anyway because they have faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, and we read verse 1, I'm not going to read the whole verse. Uh, it's an incredible verse. It's the one that, that uh, we call the roll call of faith heroes. There's all of these men and women mentioned through Hebrews chapter 1 that through great feats of their faith, God did marvelous things and mighty things and, and things that boggled the imagination. And it was all done through faith, but Hebrews 11 starts out with this definition of faith and it goes on to list these people like Enoch and Abel and Noah and Abraham and Moses and it's people that we look through the Bible and we see them and we read their stories and we wonder sometimes and we ask ourselves, oh, if God could just get a hold of me, if God could just use me, if God would just bless me like he did them, if God would move in, his, in my life like he did in their life. If God would do the things for me that he did for them, oh, how life would be changed. But I, and they did these things. They, the Hebrews tells us they accomplished these things through their faith. When it didn't appear that it would happen for Abraham, through faith, the Bible says, he had a son named Isaac. In Romans and 20 the Bible says talking about Abraham that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God and we understand that, that Abraham was a hundred years old and Sarah was 90 when they had Isaac and, and it boggles the mind but Abraham had this promise for many years and the Bible says he staggered not and of strong faith we also know that Peter, through faith, Peter, when he was on the stormy sea and Jesus had gone to a mountain alone to pray and, and now the disciples are going across the sea and it's stormy and, and the boat is rocking and it's shaking and they're, they're beginning to fear and, and here comes Jesus walking on the water. Anybody ever heard this story before? Three people. Has anybody ever heard the story of Jesus walking on the water before? Thank you. Everybody wake up. Smile real big. It ain't going to take long. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. And Peter is standing in the boat. And he sees Jesus. And his faith begins to rise up. And he sees Jesus walking on the water. And he makes this statement, this, this bold statement grounded and rooted in faith one that I would not make he said Jesus if it be you bid me come I will tell you that if I'm ever fishing with any of you fine people and I see a, what appears to be a man on the water that says Meryl step out of that water and come on I'm going to have a hard time with that but through faith Peter he stepped out of that boat and he began to walk on water it was because of his faith. In Mark chapter 9, and I'm not going to read the story this morning, but uh, in Mark chapter 9, a father brings his son to Jesus. Now, here's the story. This man had a, a son that was devil-possessed. 
And he had taken this son to the disciples for them to cast the devil out of him. And the Bible says they could not. And so he comes to Jesus. And he says, this this devil has cast my son into the water. And he cast him into the fire trying to destroy him. He brings his son to Jesus because of his belief. Because of his faith in Jesus. Your disciples couldn't do it, Jesus, but I know that you can. I believe you can. I've seen you do other things. I've witnessed it. As as no doubt a, a member of the multitude and a member of the crowd sometimes, he had seen Jesus do wonderful things and he had watched all of these miracles. And so when the disciples couldn't do it, this man brings his son and he says, I'm going to let my faith grow a little bit uh, and I'm going to bring him to Jesus himself uh, and I'm going to demonstrate my faith uh, and I'm going to let Jesus uh, heal my son uh, and cast the devil out of him. Uh, and so Jesus did uh, and Jesus cast the devil out of that son. Uh, but there's something about these stories. Uh, everyone that I've ever mentioned that you need to hear and that is uh, that in all of these stories uh, there was periods of times uh, and there was moments of times uh, when these people's faith failed when their faith got weak when their belief wasn't enough and they began to uh, to question and they didn't understand what was going on and they and it, it, their faith uh, and we'll talk about it in a moment but their faith began to get weak and so what is beyond faith what's beyond when I say I can believe what happens when you can't believe anymore What do you have left when there's nothing left to believe in? Your faith falters and your faith stumbles and your faith fails. I'm not belittling faith. You understand. You have to have it. But Abraham, the Bible records the story. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 17, the Bible says, And Abraham fell upon his face and he laughed and said in his heart shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear here is Abraham this man of faith this promise from God I I have this this incredible faith that Abraham says and, and I can believe God for anything but now here Abraham is in a moment of weakness and he's asking God he's asking himself the Bible says it was in his heart can I bear Can Sarah bear? Can I have a child at my age? You see, God, it seems impossible. And Abraham's faith, Abraham's belief in God. Oh, he still believed in God. But his belief in what God said begins to get weak. And we go through the same process. God makes promises in his word and he makes promises to us and and circumstances come along and situations come along and problems come along and we look at the evidence around us uh, and we look at where our life is at uh, and we look at our current condition uh, and we say, God, uh, can it happen? God, can it happen? Will, Will you ever be able to take me beyond where I'm at? Will you ever be able to get me past my circumstance? Will you ever be able to get me past my my past uh, and get me beyond my past uh, so I can inherit the promise uh, so you can bring about your word? uh, And when your belief fails, uh, there's another thing. uh, There's something else beyond belief, uh, and it's called confidence. Uh, It's called confidence. Uh, Paul said, I have all confidence uh, in Jesus. 
And I taught with all confidence. Peter, through faith, he stepped out of the boat. Now, I don't fault Peter for this. I'm going to be honest with you. If I ever had the faith to step out of the boat, when I saw all those waves, I might would doubt too. And Peter gets all the accolades for having faith. Peter gets all the attaboys for being strong in faith. The problem with it was, the Bible says Peter doubted. In the middle of his faith, doubt crept in. In Matthew 14, 30 through 31, the Bible says, but when he, talking about Peter, saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, Oh, thou of little faith, he had it, but it was little. Wherefore did you doubt? In the middle of Peter's faith, he doubted. In the middle of his demonstration, folks, you understand how incredible of a moment this is. For, for a man to step out on water, and a, not only just water, but a boisterous storm, and step out on that kind of faith. It reminds me of a story I heard of a missionary in South America. He, he had been praying for a particular village for a long time, and this village's witch doctor would not allow him to come and preach. And, and while he was praying for this village, God spoke to him and said, there, I have many souls in that village, and you're going to have a mighty revival there. And this, this missionary continued to pray for that village, but the evidence of it didn't seem to be there. The witch doctor would not let him in to that village. And then uh, over a process of months and, and, and even, even several years, finally uh, the witch doctor relented and, and set up a particular date. And he said, you can come to this village and you can preach on this particular day. And so, of course, that just pumped the missionary up. Man, God spoke to me. God told me there's many souls. Boy, God told me there's a mighty revival. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm full of faith now. Boy, my faith is pumping. My blood's pumping. I can't wait to get there. We're going to have a great, great revival. Oh, God's already told me that this is already taken care of. It's set in stone. There's no doubt. Uh, my faith is pumped up. So he drives as far as he can. This village is way back in the jungle and he drives as far as he can in his vehicle and he parks it at the end of the road and he gets his few belongings in a, in a backpack and he begins to hike the several miles it is through the jungle to this particular village. And it was during the rainy season and he walks up to a river and there's a, a suspension bridge, a little rope uh, or vine suspension bridge that goes across this little small, very small river. And uh, he knows exactly where it is and he begins to walk to that bridge. And when he gets there, he realizes and he sees that because of the rainy season, the river is completely swollen out of its banks and it has washed that bridge away. And so now he stands on the precipice of this, this river that's raging. And there's no way he can physically cross the river. The water is too swift. It's raging too much. It's, it's way too deep. And so he stands there. And his faith begins to weaken. Man, God, you promised me a mighty revival. 
Oh, God, you promised me a lot of souls in that village. And look, I get up here, God, and there's a river. It's got me blocked up. I can't cross. The nearest bridge is miles down the river, and I'd have to walk all the way back to my vehicle and drive many miles to get around there. And by the time I got to that bridge and back to the village, this evening would have long passed, and there's no way anymore. So, God, I guess what you said is not going to come to pass today. There's no evidence. But he said just as he turned around to walk away, that just something came over him. And he said, no, not today. So he said he turned and he faced that river. And he looked his head up to heaven and he said, God, I'm going to that village tonight. You promised me a mighty revival. You promised me many souls. And I'm going to that village tonight or I'm going to die trying to get there. And he said, this missionary, I remember I sat in the room when he told the story, that he closed his eyes as tight as he could. He squared his shoulders back and he began to walk towards that river. He could hear the rushing noise of the water as all the, the hit the rocks and the, and the debris in there. And he could hear all of that rumbling and that roaring. And he began to walk towards that river and he walked for a good ways. And he, he realized, he said, I should be in the water by now. Uh, my feet should be getting wet by now. There's, there's something that should have happened by now. Uh, you know, i got to open my eyes to see what's going on. And, and when he opened his eyes, the river was to his back. And he don't know how God did it. And he still doesn't. He didn't the time that I, that I heard the story. Maybe he does now. But God just picked him up uh, and transported him right across a, a raging river. It wasn't based on his faith. Uh, he went beyond, I believe. Uh, he went beyond what I can believe can happen. He went into a place uh, called confidence in God. He went to a place called confidence in God. God. Regardless of the condition of my faith, regardless of the condition of my circumstance, regardless of the condition of my situation, I'm going to square my shoulders back and I'm going to start walking and I'm going to keep walking for you and I'm going to make it to where you said I'm going to go. God, you made a promise to me. God, you said some things to me and my faith may be failing right now. My circumstance may not have the evidence that it's going to be all right like you promised, but God, I have confidence. I have all confidence in you and your ability to bring me from where I am, to bring me to where I'm going. And God, I believe in you. God, I trust in you. But when my belief and my faith ain't enough, I have confidence. The man that brought his son to Jesus to be delivered of the devil, Jesus said in Mark chapter 9 and verse 23, through th verse 23 and 24, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father said, of the child cried out and he said with tears, Lord, I believe. I've got faith in you, God. I believe in you. But help thou my unbelief in the time of his greatest manifestation of faith when he had gotten all the faith he could together and he brought his son to Jesus. It was his last hope. It was his last chance. It was the only thing he knew what to do now. He had taken him to the disciples and they couldn't do it. The medical doctors couldn't do it. Good old mom and dad couldn't do it. 
He had exhausted everything that he could do to help his son. And now he stands in the middle of the presence of God manifest in the flesh. And he says, Jesus, I need you to deliver my son. And Jesus said, I'll do it if you believe. And he said in this moment of his manifestation of his greatest faith, he said, I believe in you, Jesus, just help me. And my unbelief, it's when our belief fails us. It's when our belief fails us and our faith fails us. There's something beyond, I believe. The first thing that we, we encounter, the first thing uh, that we engage or, or see when God begins to talk about faith, and, and it's found in, in, in Hebrews, it says, and, and I didn't give them the scripture and I apologize, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. There it is. Thank you. You see that? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, I'm going to hope this doesn't appear strange. But if you will put this on a bar graph in your mind, that you have this space where you're not pleasing God. And then there's a line, and it's called faith. And at that line, you can start pleasing God. It's, it almost appears, and I don't want to sound again, uh, condescending and I don't want to sound uh, like I'm belittling people's faith but it's almost like faith is the bare minimum you at least have to have that it's, it's the person that, that, that puts out a job posting that says you at least have to have a bachelor's degree it's just the bare minimum Faith is just, everybody has a measure of it, and it's the bare minimum. Folks, we've got to get beyond the bare minimum. We've got to get beyond where we question. We've got to get beyond where our faith fails us. We've got to get beyond where we don't believe in God and don't trust in God anymore. We've got to get to a place beyond, I believe, and when we come to God, and we, the first thing we encounter is faith. Uh, the Bible says that we must have faith to even believe in Him. Uh, so when you believe in God uh, for the very first time, uh, then you are believing uh, and you have faith. Uh, but we, as we grow in Christ, uh, we must go beyond what I believe. Uh, we must go beyond, I believe, into a place called confidence. In our text, Paul was preaching and was teaching in all confidence. The word confidence. The word confidence means a relation of trust or intimacy. Listen to this is the best part in my opinion. The quality or state of being certain. When you say you have confidence, you have gone beyond I believe, but you are certain. When you say I have confidence in God, it goes beyond I believe in God. And I believe God for my miracle. And I believe God for my healing. And I believe God for his manifestation. And I believe God for all these stuff. You are certain then that those things are going to happen. It goes beyond just I believe in it. But there is a confidence in God. What I'm saying this morning is we've got to get beyond just saying that I believe God can heal you. I can believe God can do this or do that. But we've got to square our shoulders back. And we got 
got to face the roaring river of our circumstance uh, and say, God, I am certain uh, that you're going to bring me over, uh, that I am certain uh, that you are going to deliver me, uh, that I am certain uh, that you're going to heal me. It's a confidence in God. It doesn't waver. It doesn't give up. It doesn't fail. It doesn't get weak. You can be confident in God despite your circumstance or your situation. And you can be confident in God despite the current condition of your faith. We all understand that when things happen to us, we've all been there, everybody here, you're not the Lone Ranger. You start wondering, boy, oh God. Why is this happening? You sit there sometimes and you pray. And it feels like your prayers are hitting a brass ceiling and they're falling back down at your feet and you wonder where God is at. Where are you at, God? Sometimes you feel he feels like he's a million miles away. Sometimes he feels like he's not even there. He doesn't even know your circumstance. He doesn't know where you're at. He doesn't hear you anymore. And all of these feelings and all of these things go through our minds and we begin to believe this sometimes if we tell ourselves long enough. I've had people tell me straight to my face, I believe God cannot help me. I've had people tell me that God cannot forgive me. I just don't believe he can. But I want us as a group of of believers, as grace, to move beyond what we believe. To move beyond our falling or failing faith and move into a place called confidence. Called confidence. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 7, the Bible says, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing. I besought the Lord three times or thrice uh, that I may depart from me. And then he said unto me, My grace is sufficient, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh, and we hoop and we holler and we shout over that scripture, and we rightfully should. But look at what Paul's saying. Three times I have besought God to take away this thorn in my flesh and God didn't do it. God didn't do it. He just simply said, all right, Paul, my grace is sufficient. Be honest. If God's going to listen to anybody, he'd listen to the apostle Paul. The man wrote most of God's word. All right, Paul, my grace is sufficient. I'm made perfect in your weakness. Don't worry about it. Most people believe the thorn was some type of physical problem, possibly his eyesight. But look at what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. This is the same Paul that wasn't healed, but he's sitting there saying uh, that I'm praying uh, that your body be whole. Uh, In other words, I'm praying that you'll be healed. Uh, But wait a minute, Paul. You're not healed. It doesn't matter because I got confidence in God. Uh, It doesn't matter my current circumstance. Uh, It doesn't matter that God hasn't healed me. I still know. uh, I am certain that God is a healer and I can pray for you to be healed while I'm sick. Amen. That's confidence in God. That's confidence in God. It doesn't matter what it's like for me. It's not about me. It's about him and it's about you. 
in Job 42, 5 through 6, or Job 42, 5, Job is learning the confidence in God. Listen to what he says. Oh, listen to what he says. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. I used to believe in your God. I used to hear about those great things. I used to hear about the mighty things of God. And we understand Job's time, but, but let's bring it relevant to us. I used to hear a preacher get up and preach about these things. I used to hear a preacher talking about God's delivering power. I used to hear a preacher talk about God's healing power. I used to hear a preacher talk about all these things. I used to hear it all, God. But through Job's circumstance, through Job's situation, he learned confidence. God, I used to hear about it, but now I've seen it for myself. And now I'm confident that you've got the ability and you've got the power. It's one thing I tell people all the time I have to apply it a lot. It's one thing to say something. It's another thing to live it. Now, I'm going to tell you what's easy. When people come up to you and give you this long spill, you don't understand, oh, Brother Merrill, I've got blah, 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 and this is going on, and the kids are doing blah, blah, blah. And it's real easy to sit there and say, bless your heart. You remember that God's in control. That's easy. It is. You've said it to people, haven't you? And you walk away and go get you an icing, an ice cream cone, and it's no big deal because God's in control. But when things happen in our life, when the world crumbles from under our feet, when the situation comes to our home, when it comes to our life, when the sickness comes to our body, when the disease manifests itself in our loved one, it becomes a whole different story. We've got to go beyond, sister, I believe that God can touch you. We've got to bow up and get some confidence in God because right now I don't see any evidence of healing. I don't see any evidence of these things coming to pass, but I've got confidence in God. We've got to learn confidence in God. Abraham manifested faith for Isaac. We read the scripture. I think it's funny. Abraham laughed. <laughs> God, you mean at my age? Nah, not going to happen. But it did. Just like God said, it came to pass. And he learned that where I manifested faith for Isaac, but I doubted a little bit. I doubted my faith got weak. Now, I didn't give up, but my faith got weak. And there was a moment there where I kind of questioned God. God still did it. God still performed the miracle. But listen, when Abraham was asked by God to go sacrifice Isaac, he didn't laugh. There was no joke. There was no question. He just told, we're going to go yonder and worship. Because he had learned that what God said, God was going to do. And it didn't matter where you stood. It didn't matter what, the, what it looked like. It didn't matter what the circumstance looked like. If God said it, he was going to do it. He had confidence in God. Because he doubted about the birth, God did it anyway. So when God asked him for a sacrifice, all he said is, God, you've promised me he'd be the father of many nations, so let's go, son. 
because I'm confident that God, if I have to take his life, that God is going to raise him from the dead. And that is mentioned in Hebrews. It's faith. It's, it's beyond faith. It's beyond, I believe, it's confidence in God, knowing that God is going to do what he says, how he says, every time that he says it. God is an awesome God, and he's an incredible God, and we've got to get confidence in him. Peter doubted, and he sank. Interesting thing about Peter. Jesus told Peter, I've prayed that your faith fail not. Why would Jesus say that? Why didn't he say that to the rest of the disciples? Peter when Jesus was being arrested, y'all remember the story. He grabbed his sword and decided to take on a couple thousand armed men. One man, a fisherman with a sword. That'll preach right there. <laughs> you have a fisherman with a sword. And he's going to take on a contingent of highly trained Roman soldiers. And all he winds up doing with his one swoop of his sword that he gets out is cut the ear off of a servant. That ain't real brilliant. The, per, the reason Peter and Jesus said, Peter, maybe this is the reason that Peter, I'm going to pray that your faith fail not is because Peter didn't have confidence in who he, who he was and who Jesus was. If Peter had had confidence and known without a doubt Surely he would not have attempted that. He would have said Jesus is big enough and bad enough to handle it himself. And these things have to be. Jesus told him it was coming. Jesus told him these things had to be. And so Peter would have known that Jesus is able to do this. And Jesus has a, a path that he has to walk. And, and we all understand that. But perhaps the reason Jesus said, Peter, I'm going to pray that your faith fail not is because Peter had no confidence in God. And if you have no confidence and you lose your faith, you have nothing. If we don't develop confidence, folks, if you don't develop confidence, a sure, certain belief, a certain, it's not, it's beyond that, it's just a knowledge, an understanding, a certainty of who God is and what God is and how God's going to do it and God's word. If you don't develop a confidence in that, then in those moments that your faith fails. You have nothing. And it's how we see people that serve God for a period of time. And then it's like they vanish. Something happens and it wipes them out. It's because their faith failed them. In a moment of calamity. And there was no confidence. They didn't believe or they didn't have a confidence in God. But I want to tell you this morning, you can be confident in God. You can be confident that God is a deliverer. Oh, yes, he is. God can deliver people from any circumstance, any situation, any trial, any trouble, any kind of oppression. It doesn't matter what it is. God can deliver. He is a deliverer. God is a healer. Yes, he is. God is a healer. I don't know what God's wanting me to do, but I'm trying to be sensitive right now, but God's a healer. 
God is a healer. And he wants to tell some people in here. When I say, uh, when they sang that song, Oh, Happy Day, I want to let you know today is going to be a happy day for somebody. If you'll learn to get some confidence in God and realize that just because your present situation and circumstance doesn't appear like God's ever going to heal you, it doesn't look like you're going to be healed and maybe you're getting worse. Uh, but I want to tell you today, if you can get some confidence in God, God is a healer. I want to let you know God is a healer. Praise the Lord. When I saw Sister Joanne a while ago, up around the front during that song dancing. It only confirmed and reaffirmed to me the word of God for today. Most people that know her circumstance would say that she's justified just to sit at home or to sit in the back and do nothing. But even though God has not manifested completely in her life the what she wants it to be and her family wants, she got up here today and confidently said, I'm going to worship an awesome God. He's a healer anyway. Even though I haven't had that manifestation yet, he's a healer anyway. And I'm going to worship a God because I'm confident in him. I'm confident in his ability to heal me in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. There's people here this morning. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's people here this morning that you need healing. Ethel, God's going to heal you. God's going to heal you. That's not just a word, but I'm telling you. I'm confident in God. You say, Brother Merrill, that's a bold statement to say that somebody's going to be healed. Let me tell you, it's not a bold statement. I'm a confident in God. I know what God has said, and I know that God says it. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. That's right. It's going to happen because I've got confidence in God. It ain't about me. It ain't about my circumstance. It ain't about my situation. It doesn't matter if I ever get healed or not. God is still a healer, and God's still going to heal other people, whether I get it or not, so I can tell somebody God is a healer even though I'm not healed because I'm confident in him praise the name of the Lord hallelujah everybody give the Lord a hand clap of praise today hallelujah he's fixing to do something awesome God's fixing to do something great if we'll get a hold of what I'm saying today and just a little bit, as our tradition is, we're going to have a little bit of an altar call, and you'll have an opportunity. I'm telling somebody, if you'll listen to God, if you'll listen to the Word of God, and get up here and have some confidence in Him, instead of doubting in Him, instead of engaging a weak or broken faith in Him, watch what God will do. Hallelujah. Give Him a hand praise anyway. Whether you believe it or not, give Him a hand praise. You can be confident in the fact that God can bless you. You can be confident in the fact that God can supply all of your needs, all of your needs. It doesn't matter what it is. You can be confident in that fact. You say, but Brother Merrill, there's not a dime in the checking account. There's not a dime in the bank at all. In fact, I've only got just a few pennies in my wallet or in my purse. Uh, I want to tell you this morning, uh, that doesn't threaten God. Uh, that doesn't worry God. Uh, that doesn't impress God uh, because he's still able to supply your need uh, even when your moment of weakness, even in your moment of doubt. I remember somebody that's sitting here this morning told me several months ago, maybe even a year ago, I'm starting to lose track of time. I'm starting to get old. Said, Brother Merrill, I had $4 in my purse. Had $0 in the checking account. No savings account. No money in the cookie jar. Nothing. $4. That's it. 
said they, y'all got up, and I don't remember who it was that took the offering. And said, while I was standing, I had no intentions really of giving them the offering, if I remember the story correctly. And was I was, y'all were receiving the offering, God spoke to me and said, put your $4 in the offering plate. Boy, that's hard, isn't it? What happens to your faith then? Man, God. You know, tomorrow's a long day at work and Burger King has to come at noon and I got to go get that dollar Whopper and, and you know, I got to eat, God, and I've only got four bucks and it's not like I can use the bank card because there's nothing there. And so our faith begins to question. Boy, God, have you lost your mind, really? Respectfully, sir? We all go through it. But something rose up beyond our belief and said, my circumstance may look one way, but I've got confidence in God, and he can supply my need. So they reached in their purse, they opened their wallet, and they took $4 out, and they put it in the offering plate as it passed. And the next day, Monday morning, when they got home from work, they didn't get to eat their dollar whopper that day. They got home from work. They didn't know it. I don't guess anybody knew it, but months earlier, over a process of time, they had overpaid their insurance by $1,600, and there was a check in the mailbox for the refund. Tell me God can't supply your need when you least expect it. If we'll just get a little bit of confidence, if God just, if we can just get a little bit of confidence, it says, if I do this, I don't know if God will be able to supply my need. And so we let doubt control our life. And say, I'm not going to give my $4 today because I doubt. Instead, get some confidence and say, God, you've spoken. And I'm going to do it, not based on what I believe. Because what I believe might be wrong. But I'm basing it on my confidence in you to supply my need. And God will do it every time. You can, you can be confident in God's ability to protect you. I've been listening to the news a little bit. I've just about gotten away from the news. I could care less anymore just about what happens. I know that's a rotten attitude, and I apologize. But I was listening to the news a little bit this past week, and I heard about this government doing that and all of that stuff. And it, you, if, you're, if you're sensitive at all, you can look around and see that the world is progressively getting worse, and, and people are getting more wicked and more evil. And, and Brother Billy was telling me a story. He's a sheriff's deputy here in East Baton Rouge Parish about a, a lady in Zachary and, and her two-month-old baby. And some of y'all have heard that story on the news. And as we understand the end is coming to a fruition, as we understand that this, this moment that we call time is, is beginning to evaporate, that we are living in the 11th hour. I've heard that, I know, all my life. And I was teaching Bible study this past week, and we talked about Noah and how for 120 years he preached that the flood was coming and people got to where they didn't believe it because they heard it so much. And, and I want to let you know that the rapture is going to happen. I know you've heard it all your life, but the rapture is going to happen. Please believe me. And so as, as time evaporates, and we understand the Bible says that there would be perilous times, dangerous times, times of turmoil, times of trouble, economic woes, uh, weather going crazy. I mean, have y'all even uh, have you heard any of that? Somebody told me this morning about this tons and tons of tornadoes and, and out west in the last couple of days. And, and we, we hear all this stuff, and, and we start getting fearful. 
But man, the world is coming to an end, and, and here I am, and, and, and I'm, I'm not making that big of a mark, or whatever, the, however you feel, or whatever it is that you think about it. But, but all of this stuff is happening, and, and it's dangerous everywhere I go. I want you to understand God can protect you. Ask the children of Israel in the land of Goshen. How do you think they felt the day that the plague of darkness came? And the Bible says it was darkness that could be felt. And they walk outside and Egypt is dark and, and it's black and it's in turmoil. And, and it's a darkness that could be felt. The spirit of, uh, of people were, was, was feeling this, this heaviness and this thickness or, or however you want to describe it. And, and here they are basking in the sunshine. God proving that regardless of the environment around you, if you're a child of God, I can protect you. I can keep you. And so as judgment and, uh, will come in its time, but as, as, as these things, the word of God begins to take place, uh, don't be afraid of that. God can protect you. Believe me when I say and be confident in God's ability to restore you, to touch you, and to take away the things from you that don't belong. God has the ability. You, you need to be confident, and I'm trying to hurry. Oh, my, I'm sorry. We can be confident in ourselves. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. God expects sometimes for us to do things. We have to do some things ourselves. And Jesus is saying that, or Paul is saying, I can do these things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, you can serve God. Yes, you can worship. Yes, you can praise. Yes, you can make it. You can be saved. You can be a child of God. You can win a soul. You can help someone find God. You can bless someone. Yes, you can teach a Bible study. Yes, you can witness. Yes, you can impact the life of others. But my life's not perfect. Perfect. It doesn't matter. Yes, you can do it because God gives us the power. If you'll stand with me this morning, I'm done. I'm gone much longer than I expected. But in our text this morning, the Bible says, Paul said, I preached and I taught in all confidence. And as we engage impact, to impact the lives of other people, let's teach them and let's preach to them in confidence that regardless of what it looks like in my life, sir and ma'am, I can introduce you to a God that will help you in yours. That I can introduce you to a God that can take care of your life. Yes, I'm not perfect, and yes, things are not perfect in my life, but with confidence in God, I can tell you that God can help you out. In closing this morning, there's something I want to show you about all these stories that I shared to you a while ago. In the last moments of this service, if I can just have your attention for just a few more minutes. We all learn confidence in different ways. We all have to go through sometimes through things in different ways. Job, he went through a trial to receive confidence. Peter went through the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. You never see Jesus tell him, I'm going to pray that your faith fail not again. It's never said. Abraham went through the birth of his son. Man went through the possession. The man whose son was possessed of the devil went through his deliverance and to, to gain confidence in God. In every story, in every example that I've mentioned, please listen. Those people 
receive their confidence in God because God did something miraculous. Whether it was a man's son being delivered of a devil, whether it was the birth of Isaac, whether it was the crucifixion or the resurrection, whether it was Job's trial, the Bible says at the end of it, he turned the trial of Job. And Job had confidence in God from then on. Whatever way it is, whatever situation or circumstance was going on, every person that I mentioned went from faith to confidence. They went beyond, I believe, because of a miracle that God performed. Now there are people in this building this morning that already have confidence in God. That regardless of what your life brings, you're never going to waver. You're always going to be certain that God is with you and that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. But listen up. There's other people here today whose faith is weak. There's other people here today, you're in a moment of doubt. A circumstance has come. Things are not the way you want them to be. And so now you're questioning God. Does he really know who I am? Does he really know where I am? Listen to me, please. Today, God wants you to leave confident. God wants, you to, God wants to take you today beyond what you believe into a place of confidence. And how he wants to do that is he wants to perform that miracle for you that you need. If God performed the miracle for you that you need to be confident, would you be confident in Him? Would you go beyond what you believe? Would you go beyond what you think? If God healed your body today, regardless of what happens in the future, would you always know that God is a healer? If God delivered you out of your circumstance today, would no matter what happens in the future, would you always know that God was a deliverer? It's going beyond, I believe, into a place called confidence, and he wants to do that by ministering to somebody today and by performing that miracle. And once you see it, once you are like Job, that I've heard this stuff for years, Brother Merrill, but now I see it. It happened to me. I've been the recipient of it. And now for the rest of my life, I have to say that God did what he said he would do. And God wants to do that for somebody today. He wants to take you there. So as they begin to play and sing softly, is there somebody here this morning The I believe hasn't worked? The I believe gets weak sometimes. And you question God and your relationship with God and who God is and who you are. And today you want it to change. Today you want to say, oh, happy day, because I gained confidence in God and now I'm certain of who God is and I'm certain of his power and my life will never be the same. If that's you today, then the front of this building is open and I'm inviting you to come down and let God take you from a place of weak faith or take you from a place of I don't understand or I don't know to a place of confidence in God.